Hi, welcome to Teach Me Biology, our revision podcast for A-level biology students. I'm Ria Corbett. And I'm Sarah Matthews. Hi, I'm Ria Corbett. I'm a science teacher with biology specialism and on Teach Me Biology, I am teaching my co-host and my little sister, Sarah Matthews. Biology, a level topic by topic to hopefully provide you, our lovely listeners, with an audio revision resource. Yes, we hope that you incorporate us into your revision and as a part of your learning journey. Dip in and out, listen to the episodes on your weaker topics or use us as your audio biology bible. Whatever you need us for, we are here. Episode 23. 23. And a genuine Happy New Year from people who really have had New Year now. Uh-huh. And Christmas. Yes. <laughs> it's been a bit of crazy trying to get things recorded over Christmas, hasn't it? And things and ready for immunity week. So we've been yes. recording a lot of things in advance. So we really are at the end yes, of Christmas and New Year. It is the New Year for us too. Yeah. Off. Yeah. We had, a, we had a week off, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Right. So today we are looking at the structure of ATP. So we're going to look at its hydrolysis and then also the synthesis by condensation, the enzymes involved, its structure, that sort of thing. So what is ATP? <laughs> Something you put in your car? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. So you don't know anything about it? No. no. ATP, adenosine triphosphate, that's what it stands for. And it basically is the main source of energy for our cells and our body. When we talk about, oh, we need energy for this, that and the other. So when we talk about the process of respiration, it's carried out in all our cells at the mitochondria to make energy or to release energy. Sorry, not make energy, release energy. We're talking about this ATP molecule. We just sort of talked about briefly sort of said there, but what sort of energy requiring processes do you think that there are in our bodies? So what sort of things does our body do that we need to make energy to carry out? Move. Yeah, good. So movement is a big one. Basically, it's about our muscles being able to contract. We've got these muscle fibres in all our areas where there's muscle and they have to shorten and then lengthen and shorten and lengthen and in order for them to move so that we can move our bodies. And muscle fibres are made of these little muscle filaments and they have to slide past each other in order to shorten and lengthen and shorten and lengthen. And that's what the energy is needed for, this sort of movement of those fibres. Right. So there you go, movement is a big one. Well done. Anything else? Um, Thinking. No, not thinking. Um... Not thinking digesting that would be muscle contractions and and things like that and secretions which is one of them so one of the reasons we need energy is so that you know we when we talked about a cell and we talked about all the functions of all the different organelles as they work together so they make a protein and mm-hmm. and it's made at the endoplasmic reticulum and then it moves to the golgi and then it has to go to the cell membrane to be released energy is needed sort of to make those vesicles and for those vesicles to move to the surface so and things like for that cells. so for cells to make and secrete things yeah so all those cell products leaving through the membrane one of the big ones as well that we've talked about in a previous episode is active transport do you remember that mm-hmm. so moving substances against yeah. the concentration gradient from low to high instead of high to low and do you remember we talked about how the carrier protein in the membrane has to change shape and in order to change shape an atp molecule binds to it and then energy is released and it changes shape okay. and the molecule moves through so you need energy to move things against the concentration gradient so that was about sort of moving charged particles and big particles a couple of others so when you talk about the cell itself making things that 
requires energy, so building up big molecules from smaller molecules, so making proteins, amino acids and carbohydrates and glucose and that sort of thing. And then also one that we would never know, but we'll talk a little bit more about as we go along and it will make more sense later. When ATP releases energy, it's because a phosphate breaks off the molecule. Now that phosphate can go on to bind to other compounds and it makes them more reactive. So it kind of activates those molecules a little bit. Again, I'll talk more about that later in this episode. So it's kind of about the activation of molecules making them more reactive because a phosphate binds to them. It's called phosphorylation. So it's just basically an addition of a phosphate to it. Okay, and that makes it more reactive. I'll, I'll give some examples later and things like that. So that kind of gives you the contexts of why ATP is so important. So our cells wouldn't be able to function. We can't move. All those sorts mm-hmm. of things. We can't build things up in our body from the digested products that we have. We can't, our amino acids, we have to then build our own proteins. We wouldn't be able to do that. So lots and lots of things there. And active transport as well about sort of digestion, isn't it? So should we look at the structure now? Again, if you're a regular listener, you'll know that we sometimes have some little resources, some little pictures that we can show to Sarah so that she kind of has a visual and can understand things better. And this is one of those resources and it is available at teachmescience.co.uk, which, Sarah, you've been organising, haven't you, in the holidays? Well, I haven't done it yet. (laughs) I'm going to try and do like a a Google Drive. I don't know what it's called, but um, instead of just, well... I'm going to have a look at it because we just so the page doesn't look so full. Um, but I'll, I'll always post the resource from the episode that week on there anyway. Yeah, and so then it'll go into so a Google have Drive. So you'll go looking for it if you want to look at it that week. But, yeah, and then there'll be a link. Yeah, we'll still have all of our resources. I'll have a look at it. Yeah, but you've also made the episode a bit easier as well, haven't you? Yes. So you did literally just go on it and it should load quick and you just click on the episode you want. Yes. Not about scroll, well, a little bit of scrolling. Rather than down and find, if yeah. you want to listen to episode two, you have to go and find it. But <laughs> I, don't know, most, I don't know how many people actually would go on the website to listen to the, the podcast. Well, or... there are a few because we know who listens from where they are, but yeah. you also know what kind of app they use. And our Buzzsprout Embed Player gets a lot of uses, oh, okay. so there must well, be some enough. traffic through the website yeah, a little bit. Okay. So. Right, so let's have a look at this structure then. So you've got an adenine. Mm-hmm. Where have we heard that before? Adenine. Do you remember? I don't know. No. So it's come up before in our episode on the structure and the replication in DNA. So adenine is one of the organic nitrogenous bases. So adenine is the A. Uh-huh. All right? Yeah. That binds with the T. Mm-hmm. So we've got an adenine. We've got ribose sugar. So a five carbon ring, ribose or pentose sugar. And then we've got three phosphates or three phosphate groups just bound on the end there. And that's what a molecule of ATP is. Okay. Yeah. So adenosine is the adenine and the ribose together. Adenosine triphosphate, three phosphates, tri three. So that's what it's made of. And it's still a nucleotide. You know, like we talked about DNA, the monomers being called nucleotides. This is still a nucleotide. It's just not, it just is by itself. It doesn't form a polymer. This is the important bit, okay? This is the the really get into the sort of meaty bit now of the importance of ATP. It's how we get the energy that's stored in out of it. And it is a hydrolysis reaction. So what that means is we add water, hydrolysis, using water to break it down. Hydrolyze. Hydrolyze, yeah, well done. The energy that is used in our body, in our cells, for all those processes that we've talked about comes from breaking off the terminal phosphate, the last phosphate. The bonds holding those phosphates together are really unstable 
and they break really easily. So you don't need a lot of activation energy for that reaction to take place. It takes place instantly, if not you know, immediately. They're, they're ready to break, if that makes sense. As soon as you break off that bond, all the energy stored in that bond, all the chemical energy stored in that bond is released and then used in the cell. That is the key thing. So if you look at like a little equation down here, you've got your ATP molecule plus H2O and then you've got loads and loads of energy released and then we're left with ADP, so adenosine diphosphate, so just two phosphates and a little phosphate by itself that's broken off. So the ATP reacts with the water and then a lot of energy is released when that last phosphate breaks off and goes on, you know, and in, in, in all those different uses we talked about at the start. Yeah. So the products are ADP, so adenosine diphosphate and one phosphate and then lots and lots of energy. What happens to that? What, what actually happens? So that, that will stay in the cell and it will just regenerate. It, as part of respiration, so it'll probably just go to the mitochondria and it'll gain a phosphate back as part of the respiration cycle okay. and regenerate. So yeah, so the enzyme involved in this process that helps this along is called ATP hydrolase. So the energy we use in our body is stored in that terminal bond, in that last bond. So that last phosphate, as we talked about before, could then go on to phosphorylate some other reactions some other molecules like glucose, for instance, and proteins, for instance, and make them more reactive or make them more useful. So like we talked before about how things can get modified in the Golgi apparatus before they're released from the cell. That would be one of the modifications, sort of maybe adding a phosphate group to it to make it more useful, make it more reactive. Okay. Uh, glucose is also phosphorylated before it's broken down because it makes it more reactive. The opposite of that would be making ATP from ADP and one single phosphate. So the opposite of hydrolysis, do you remember what we call that reaction? Where we release water instead of use water? Yeah. No. Condensation. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so in the mitochondria of all our cells, a process called respiration takes place. And that's where ATP is then re-regenerated or resynthesized or produced. So the process is basically just the reverse of what we've just seen there. You've got your ADP to start with, you've got your phos single phosphate, and you've got loads of energy that's going to then get stored back into that terminal bond and stay in there until it breaks off and is used. And then obviously you end up with ATP and then your water gets released as well. Energy gets locked up or stored in that molecule just by the, that bond forming, that last, that last phosphate joining back on again. And the enzyme used for that is ATP synthase, because you're synthesizing the ATP synthase. Okay. So the last little bit that we'll talk about, because this is a lot of where the exam questions will come in, based on what we've just talked about, what makes ATP such a good source of energy? So why do we use ATP as our energy source instead of anything else that you can break down and use? Because you can use lots of things for energy sources you can use fats and lipids you can use glucose itself and break that down so there are lots of ways and, do we and things do that? yeah we do that so yeah. this isn't the only way that we make energy it's why we take the energy from those molecules and make it into atp instead of just using those those directly oh, okay. does that make sense is it because atp makes more energy than the other ones no it doesn't it actually makes less oh. but you're getting an immediate source of energy from ATP and 
you're getting it in manageable amounts because you can't store it. You'll only use the ATP that you need at that time because you can't store it. There's no way to, you can put it. There's nothing you can do with it. Whereas you can store fats, can't you, and lipids, and you can store glucose as glycogen in your muscles and your liver and things like that. ATP is a really good source of energy because energy gets released really quickly. Remember we talked about that unstable bond. You don't need hardly any energy to break it. You're releasing loads of energy. That's what the whole point of it. And it's just an instant, immediate source of energy. And as I just said, it's going to be in small, manageable amounts. If you released all the energy from a glucose molecule at once, you wouldn't use it all. And what would you do with it? And you'd be, it would be released as heat and lost. So you're not wasting any mm -hmm. energy. So you make it into these little ATP molecules and then you use the ones you need at the time. It's easily reformed. So you can easily just make it back into ATP from ADP as quickly as you want, which your body needs. It's quite small and soluble, so it can easily move around the cell and go to different organelles to release its energy at that point where it's needed. But also it's big enough that it won't leave the cell. It will stay in the cell, so it's always available. And then also it's got that factor that I'll come back to again. You're releasing that phosphate that can then go on to phosphorylate other compounds and make them more reactive and make them more useful. So that's also why it's a good thing. That's generally where the exam questions when it comes to ATP are factored, really. They're, they're where they're aimed is why is ATP such a good source of energy? And it's giving answers like that that will get you the marks. So should we look at some exam questions? Yeah. So I've got three questions. A lot of the time, ATP questions are linked to photosynthesis and respiration questions, which are from year two or the second bit of a2 section like the second year basically of the a level i've just picked out a couple of the sort of shorter answer questions because actually it's quite a topic like this is quite good for little short answer questions but it's also good for saying right here's a six marker on why atp is a good your source of energy you know it's like a good little reel off what you know kind of question so question one name the two products of atp hydrolysis one mark energy so what does the ATP break down into? So instead of it being ATP, ADP. It, it becomes ADP. And then you've got your phosphate as well. So that's your two products. Oh, OK. OK. So hydrolysis, breaking down of ATP, it becomes ADP and then the phosphate Would I, by Could I write ADP or do I have to write it, what the word is? Because I won't remember. Both. You can do both. Oh, OK. Yeah. Question two. Humans synthesise more than their body's mass of ATP every day. Explain why it is necessary for them to synthesise such large amounts of ATP. Two marks. Because it doesn't make a lot of energy? Uh, yeah, so it releases small amounts each time. So ATP only releases like a little small amount compared to like a whole glucose molecule uh -huh. or whatever. Because we need it? Well, what can't we do with it? Store it. Yeah. So we can't store it, so we have to keep making it to use it. Yeah. Is that all right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well done. Okay, so last question is for four marks. ATP is useful in many biological processes. Explain why four marks. Because it makes energy. Yeah, but talk about, like we've just said, what makes it a good source of energy? So that big list well, of things. Not being able to store it doesn't make it useful. Because you can't store it, you release small manageable amounts, which is good. We release small manageable amounts because we can't store it. It would be an answer, would be a mark. Yeah. Um, it's always there in your cells. Yeah. So 
You'd have to be a little bit more specific about that because there's a couple of ways you could go with that. It's reusable. You can make it back into... Well done. You can reform it. Well done. Yeah. You can resynthesize it really quickly, uh -huh. rapidly. Like you're saying, it's always there in your cells because it's too... It doesn't leave your cells. It, it's too big to leave the cell. But also... It doesn't use a lot of energy when it's doing its job. Like to release energy, it doesn't use a lot of energy. Yeah, so it's easily broken down. ATP is very, very easily broken down, so you don't need a lot of activation energy to break it down. Mm -hmm. Well done. Uh, to release all the energy inside. Excellent. Yeah, and then also that last mark, just that last idea again, that phosphate can then go on to phosphorylate lots of other compounds. Yes. Which is sort of a final idea there. Yeah, you got all those ideas there. Let's just quickly summarise them just mm -hmm. again, just one more time, just for the people listening. You release energy in small, manageable amounts. It's easily broken down, so the energy is available immediately, so rapid, like rapid energy. You can add the phosphate to other compounds to make them more reactive, more useful, and it can be reformed easily again. And then we also said it doesn't leave the cell, so it's available all the time. It's it's just a little standalone lesson on ATP. That's all it is mm -hmm. in the spec. And you would just teach it as a standalone lesson in AS or year 12. But it links really heavily then into, like I said, photosynthesis and respiration in year 13, mm -hmm. which are the first couple of topics you do. But it's good to know this stuff to start with. Shall I do the roundup? Yeah. We ATP stands for adenosine triphosphate and is a small soluble nucleotide made up of an adenine, a ribose and three phosphates. When ATP is hydrolyzed, the unstable bond holding the terminal phosphate is easily broken, releasing a large amount of stored energy to be used in the cell. The products of this reaction is ADP, adenosine diphosphate, one single phosphate group and lots and lots of energy. Water is required for this and the enzyme ATP hydrolase is used. This can easily be reversed as a condensation reaction, releasing water and reforming the ATP from the ADP and the phosphate, storing energy into the bond. The enzyme ATP synthase is used and this takes place during respiration. ATP is an immediate source of energy for the cell rather than glucose as ATP can't be stored and is easily broken down in a single reaction. ATP releases energy in small manageable amounts and is easily reformed. ATP can easily move around a cell as it is small enough and soluble but cannot leave the cell. Got any takeaways? Yes. ATP backwards is PTA. <laughs> No, that's not Parent a takeaway. teacher association. <laughs> Try again. There is uh, adenine, a ribose and three phosphates. In, Perfect. In yeah, it. well done. It is a nucleotide. Excellent. Um, it is in your cells and it reacts and with water. It becomes ADP. Yep. And the one of the phosphates breaks off. Yep. And energy is released. Yep. It can go back again and become ATP again. Well done. Okay. Yeah, that's great. Excellent. The wider reading is... January wider reading. January. So yes. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. So... A brand new wider reading. Yeah. So it is technically a, ban a brand new wider reading, but I have been talking about this already because we've already recorded like three of the Immunity Week episodes. Mm -hmm. So I've already discussed it as a as a wider reading option. And it is a book called 
It's a book called This Is Life. <laughs> it's a guy from a guy named uh, Daniel, Daniel Nurse. No, that's poor Nurse. <laughs> Just it's a book called it uh, a book called The Beautiful Cure. It, it's basically a book about immunology. Okay, so that's why because we've got Immunity Week in January. That's why we're recommending this. Uh, the author is Daniel M. Davis, and it's such a good but easy read. Okay, talks about all the pivotal moments in history that have led to our understanding of how our immune system works and all the important concepts are there but it's still a, a good read and it's an easy read so uh, that is what i am recommending for january because we're doing immunity week next week mm-hmm. and you'll hear a little bit more about it then yes is that a new hoodie yeah it's um i got it from debenhams in the sale i like it it's re- regatta I'm not advertising <laughs> for regatta. Oh, um, the ad for this week. <laughs> <laughs> no, not even a little bit. <laughs> Is that it? Contact us? Oh, yeah. If you want to contact us, you can go to our website, teachmescience.co.uk. We have Twitter, that is at teachmebiocast. You can drop us an email at teachmebiologycast at gmail.com. And we've got Instagram, that is teachmebiologycast. So mm-hmm. just um, one one little shout out this week from oh, okay. somebody who sent us a message before Christmas on Twitter. So this is Ben from Twitter who said, uh, loving the podcast, getting an undergrad degree in biomedical sciences after 15 years since my last science course. And I can't thank you enough for helping me review or revise, as y'all say, across the pond. Lots of Americans. Mm, yes. So weird. I would but imagine great. they would have trouble understanding me. <laughs> and me. But um, thank you, Ben. That's great. And well done you. I mean, I get a little bit overwhelmed by the amount of people that are like using our podcast as a way of like to revise to remember their, to their basic biology yeah. before they move on to like bigger and better things. And I think I'm glad that we can help a little bit for mm-hmm. those people because yeah. they're doing amazing. They're doing amazing. And it's great. And Thank you. Thanks for and thanks for telling us that you're enjoying it. Yes. I'm glad we're helping. Thank mm-hmm. you. He said when he gets into medical school, he'll give us a little shout out. Was that the bow? Yeah, that was the bow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Guess what I've got? What you got? PE. Oh. I don't know how I'm going to do that remotely. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> you can't play football together. Hey, you might tell you to watch a documentary. On. Um, don't know. Uh, something sporty. ATP. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That it could become very useful then, couldn't I it? I imagine they would learn that sort of stuff in like a GCSE PE. Yeah, I think they have to do about that. They have to do it. about the heart and things like that. Yeah. yeah. They have to do a bit of biology. I have been Sarah Matthews. And I'm Rhea Corbett. This has been Teach Me Biology and we will hear you will hear us next time. Well, on Monday for Immunity Week. Oh yeah, yeah. So we are putting out episodes every day next week and they are all related to the immune system. A immunity. So see you Monday. Bye. Bye. Bye 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 bye. bye, 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 bye. bye, bye, bye.